Welcome to the Solomon's Porch Podcast, the podcast from the worship experience of Solomon's Porch at Valdosta First United Methodist Church. We want you to be encouraged and inspired in your faith journey. So sit back and relax, unless you're driving or using heavy machinery, and enjoy. Hey folks, how's it going? Justin Crenshaw here, and this is my soap for today. And it comes from Acts chapter 2. And this scripture deals with, a little background, is that it deals with the, the day of Pentecost, which is the entering of the Holy Spirit into the world for the very first time. And on that day, uh, Peter was preaching to a crowd of people. And he says in verse 32, God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he has promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us just as you see and hear today. And then down in verse 38, Peter said, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. And it says that Peter's words pierced their hearts. My observation is, when was the last time the gospel message of Christ crucified and resurrected pierced my heart? When was the last time I took that message in and allowed it to change the way I go about doing life? My application for today is that I want to become more aware of God's presence in my life. And I want to live out the gospel every day in front of folks. And I want to live a life of true repentance in Christ. My prayer today is that I would become more aware of the Holy Spirit's presence in my life. We sing a song in church sometimes, and the tagline is a great one. I want to share it with you. It says, let us become more aware of your presence and let us experience the glory of your goodness. I want to experience God's glory and the goodness of the Holy Spirit today. This is my soap. What's yours? Thank you, Justin. Um, don't you love watching yourself up on the screen? It's good, good stuff. So, do we have an incredibly talented, amazing group of musicians that lead us in worship every week? Do we not? Man. So, so gifted and giving and... and uh, we're just really blessed by them. I have a question for you in our sixth week of our extraordinary series as we're walking through the New Testament together, and it's this, and I pose this question for those of us who already call ourselves followers of Jesus. If you don't call yourself that, I hope that eventually, maybe by the end of this sermon, you will. Uh, but here's the question for those of us that are followers of Jesus. Why is it that on the day, the moment, the 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 time when, you, when your mind, you finally came to an understanding that Jesus Christ did in fact die for your sins because someone had to pay the price and he paid it for you and then he rose again on the third day and he ascended to heaven and the day that you believed in that 
Why is it that you also didn't just go ahead and ascend on up to heaven? Why is it that the moment that you believed, you didn't just get beamed on up to heaven? Why is it that you are still here on this earth? If the greatest thing we could ever do, if our sole purpose on this earth is to come to an understanding of who Jesus Christ is, why is it that we're still here if we already, if we already understand it? Why are we still here? And... Yeah, what I want us to understand today and as we look at our scripture is this. I believe, I've come to this understanding and I believe it to be true that, that he didn't just beam us up on that one, in that moment, in that time. He left us on this earth for a particular purpose. He left each and every one of us on this earth for a particular purpose. And the simple fact that a Christian is on earth and not in heaven is proof to me and maybe to you as well that Christ has something more for us to do. There's a purpose. There's a reason that we're not just here just to, to wake up and, and do our thing and then go to sleep again and go, yeah, yay, Jesus, you know. But no, there is a purpose for us on this earth. What is it that God has left you here on earth to do? What is your purpose? I was thinking about this because the reality is there's some things that we're going to do in heaven that we're already doing here on earth. For instance, uh, we're going to sing in heaven. Scripture tells us this. We're going to sing. And, and, and as amazing as we think our, our band is and leading us, man, we have no clue what it's going to be like. We're going to sing in heaven like we sing here on earth. We're going um, to pray in heaven Scripture tells us we're going to pray in heaven like we pray here on earth. We're going to be with other believers in heaven like we, hear, like we are currently here on earth. So there's a lot of things we're going to do in heaven that we're able to do here on earth. We're even going to be reunited with loved ones who have gone on before us in heaven. We got to hang out with them here on earth and live with them and be with them here. We're going to get to do that again in heaven. So what is it? What is the one thing that we can do here on earth that we cannot do in heaven? There's one thing that we can do here on earth that we will not do in heaven. And it's simply this. We can tell someone who is utterly lost, separated from God, we can tell them about the life-saving hope and the life-saving promise of Jesus Christ. That's the one thing we can do here on earth that we will not do in heaven. So I'm just starting to deduce here that that's why we're still here. We didn't get beamed up to heaven already. And this is the one thing we can do here that we can't do there. And God has left us here. So I'm just thinking that maybe the reason we're still here is to share this truth, to share this hope, to share this promise of who Jesus is. God has really, as I think about this, if you look at Scripture... He has no other plan in place to tell the world about himself except through us. There's no plan B. We are the plan. He has no other plan in place. I want you to listen to these words out of Acts chapter 1, verse 8, which is part of our, our reading plan. This was one of the, uh, the chapters that we read this week in our, in our reading through. We started at the beginning of the year. We're going all the way to Easter, reading through the entire New Testament. You can jump in at any time. There's reading plans downstairs in the lobby. Uh, they're online, and uh, we encourage you to get in here with us if, and do this. Or maybe you've already kind of fallen off the wagon. Hop back on. 
and, and start again. But Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and I want you to hear this. This is Jesus speaking to his followers, and he's basically he's telling them the plan. This is the plan for them. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. This is Jesus talking to his followers. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Now, it's a really important word, that and, because you know what? I could probably, I could do a whole bunch of sermons just on that first sentence in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, about the Holy Spirit power. Uh, there's whole denominations who have been formed based on the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe that the Holy Spirit of God empowers each and every one of us. I believe he works inside of us. I believe that he speaks to us and he directs us and he convicts us. And the Holy Spirit of God is amazing and, yes, very powerful. But today what I want us to look at is I want us to see the and in there. You know, often in the Greek, um, where we in English, where we have commas and periods, often in the Greek language there is no period. It's not the end of a sentence. It's just more grammatically and easier for us to read if we, if we do it for us, there's no period after the you and the and in the Greek, in the original. So in Jesus' words, he's saying, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. In effect, he's saying, I'm empowering you to be my witnesses. I'm giving you the power to be my witnesses. I'm not telling you to go out on your own. I'm not telling you to go out and figure it out by yourself. Um, I'm giving you the power to be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. And then he gets a little specific to his audience at the moment, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. And this is where we can tie in and the ends of the earth. And geographically speaking, he's just going here and then here and then here. I will give you the power to be my witnesses wherever you are. That's the SCP version of that scripture. I'm giving you the power. And so when Jesus told the disciples that they would be filled with the Holy Spirit, they would be, that they would become these powerful witnesses for him. And this is true of you and me. This is an extraordinary plan. This is, this is why we titled this whole series these couple of months because everything we're looking at, it's actually extraordinary that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, said, here's my plan. I'm going to leave it with you guys. It's really extraordinary. Some might say foolish. But it's extraordinary because he, he empowered them by the Holy Spirit to do this. Here's a couple of things I was thinking about in regard to being this Jesus saying, hey, you're going to be a powerful witness for me. You're going to be a powerful witness. Here's a couple of things to think about, about being a witness. Um, a powerful witness will tell you what they know. A powerful witness will tell you what they know. Um, you know, you think about a court case, you think about someone trying to win something, you're not going to bring in someone who's not a very good witness if you want to win your case. You're hoping that the other side has a horrible witness so you can tear it apart. But a powerful witness, a good witness, well, they're going to tell what they know. They're going to tell what they know. And here, here's the definition of a witness. I think you already know it, but I want to read it to you anyway. One who has seen or heard something one who furnishes evidence, one who says, here it is, this is it. A powerful witness is someone who says, I know this is true. Now remember Jesus' words, I'm giving you the power to be witnesses. 
A powerful witness is someone who says, I know this is true. A powerful witness is a person who, who will tell the truth about Jesus Christ. The disciples, they testified. They, they, they were powerful witnesses to the things that they knew to be true about Jesus. And this is really good news to me because if the disciples of Jesus were powerful witnesses, if you, got, if you remember who some of these people were, it's, you don't have to be a great theologian to be a witness for God. These were ordinary people. You don't have to be some, some uh, you know, read like, you know, volumes and volumes of, of, you know, sixth century writing. You don't have to be this great theologian to just be a witness for Jesus. You don't have to, you don't have to go to Bible school. You don't have to go to seminary to be a witness for Jesus because these guys didn't do it. The people that Jesus said, you're going to be my powerful witness, they didn't have any of this. You don't have to be a missionary. They were about to be, but they weren't yet. You don't have to be, you don't, you don't have to have a college degree. You don't have to have a very high IQ, Gus. You're off the hook, man. Or maybe you're back on the hook. I don't know how that goes. It, there, we just have to tell the truth about Jesus. Just tell the truth. My, my four-year-old, four-and-a-half-year-old, she'll start doing the halves pretty soon, but, um, but that's very important. How old are you? 11 and a half, 11 and three quarters, you know, that thing. But, but she's four, and so I'm, we're, t- we're talking about truth-telling. We, we talk about this. We, we talk about, are you telling the truth? I want her to be a truth-teller. When she tells me the truth, and, and I love this about her because this innocence of children, I'll say, now, Mallory, are you telling the truth? No. <laughs> I'll say, will you tell me, tell me the truth? And she'll tell me something. Is that the truth? No. Well, now tell me the truth. And she, you know, hmm. I just want, I mean, if she can tell me the truth, she's learning to understand the difference between truth and what's false. And a powerful witness just has to tell the truth. You know, one of the things that I, um, I think is important in the Christian journey and the Christian walk is to tell the truth. If you've been here more than a couple of times, you've probably heard me do some confessing or some truth-telling from this position. I think it's important as a follower of Jesus for the person with the microphone to be able to tell the truth. And sometimes that truth is not very pretty. You know, you guys are, I'm getting free counseling, basically. I get to stand up here and just tell stuff sometimes, and I, I feel great afterwards. And you're probably walking around going, oh my goodness, we might need to find a new place to go. That was too truthful. But, but a powerful witness for Jesus tells the truth. Sometimes telling your story of how you're a follower of Christ, it's not, it's not that beautiful. But it's truthful. And if you're admitting that you need Jesus and that you depend on him, that is a powerful powerful witness it's an extraordinary witness and remember it's the plan that Jesus put into place the only plan it's a powerful witness another thing about being a a powerful witness is not just tell what you know but and this goes hand in hand with what I just said is that a powerful witness will share what they've experienced A, a powerful witness for Jesus will share what they experience and it's not just the highlights sometimes it's in the lowlights Sometimes it's in the, the, the dark places, the deep places. We have realized we've come to the very end of ourselves and that we need a savior. Sometimes in sharing those experiences, it's the most extraordinary, it's the most powerful witness we could ever share because someone can go, oh my goodness, I'm there. 
I didn't think, I didn't think you could come from the, I didn't think you could come up from here. And you say, no, no, yeah, you're actually three stories ahead of me than, than, than where I was. Yeah, you can. It's a powerful witness. 1 John, we'll get to that later in our reading in a few weeks, but in 1 John chapter 1, verse 1, I want you to hear this because what's very important about this, I love this, this uh, report, this testimony, not report, because I'm about to say this. What John is about, we're about to read, he's not just an impartial reporter reading off a teleprompter. He's telling what he's experienced. And he's telling other people about what he's experienced with Jesus Christ. And hear these words out of 1 John 1.1. 1, 1. We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and we touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. See, this is an experiential testimony right here. This is an experienced witness. John says this, I, I saw him, I heard him, I walked with him, I touched him, I smelled him. He was right there with him. And then verse 2 says this, This one who is life itself was revealed to us and we have seen him. He keeps saying this. I put my eyes on this person. And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father and then he was revealed to us. This is a, is a, a powerful witness, an experiential witness. They were there. I was a... Um, an advertising major in college, and I really, really started to hate it as I got towards the end, you know, junior year, senior year. Um, and, I, and I was able to switch to public relations, which is great because I relate to the public, so it worked out. Um, but I was, I was this advertising major, and I hated it because of the simple fact, and, and mind you, I wasn't even a believer then, so it wasn't like some holy thing, but I couldn't stand the idea from within me, I couldn't stand the idea of, of my job being to pour my life, my, my energy, my passion, my creativity into selling, promoting, designing, marketing, you know, pushing something that I had no connection to, something I didn't believe in, something that didn't, you know, it was, you know, it could have been like squeegees or something. It was like there was nothing to it. And it just, it drove, it really bothered me if that's what I was going to have to do. And and I was thinking about that, you know, because I knew that it, it was not going to get my best if that's the kind of the route I went and ended up pursuing. Because of the simple fact is people, you can always, can't you always tell when someone's selling you something and they're like reading from a manual, you know, they're talking from a script, you know, hello, would you, would you be interested in buying these really awesome steak knives? They are the best steak knives that have ever been been made. They can cut through a car tire and a tomato and, you know, and like, oh, yeah, yeah, I want to get those steak knives. They sound great. You know, you can tell when people are not really in this, you know, and, and, and here's what I've thought about. You know, the best salespeople are the people who believe in what they're selling. The best salespeople are the people who say, you know what, I, I'm not even selling anything. I'm just telling you a story about how cool I think this is. And it could be steak knives. But it should be about Jesus. And I, we don't like the idea of being salespeople for Jesus and fine, then don't go with that analogy if you don't want to. But Jesus has empowered you and me, followers of him, those of us that claim to be so, 
We are his first plan. We are his only plan to be a powerful, extraordinary witness for his promise and his hope, for his new life. We're it. And so we can either be the, hello, hi, I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, and would you please like to go to church with me, and I will put you in a seat, and hopefully someone else can tell you about Jesus, because I really don't know that much. That, there's an option. Or, <laughs> man, let me tell you what happened last week. This was going on, and man, I was, I, was at, I was at a low point, and I was praying, and another friend came along, and they were praying for me, and then I was reading something in scripture, and then I heard something in a sermon, and then I'm driving down the road, and I hear this in a song, and I'm thinking, God, are you trying to tell me something? Because it's all the same thing, and so, and, and you, you're living it. You're in it, and that's, that's the power. That's the reality of being a witness in Judea. Samaria and Jerusalem and the ends of the earth. We've been empowered by the Holy Spirit of God to do these things. Being a powerful witness simply means this, if you want to boil it down, is just speaking up for him. We're the plan, the only plan to speak on his behalf. So I th- I'm thinking about this, and I'm thinking, okay, if I'm sitting out there and I'm hearing this, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, I'm good, but there's, I have a couple of things that are kind of like sticking points. Maybe I'm not really very good at sharing this stuff, you know, or, you know, I, I'm just, I'm going to stumble over my words. I, I'm going to stutter these words out. They're not going to make any sense when I'm, when I'm just trying to tell the story. I'm just not very good at it. I'm not very good at piecing words together. Well, understood but let me just tell you this the holy spirit doesn't stutter he doesn't and and so and and i believe that if you want to speak out and be a powerful witness for jesus then then let the holy spirit speak through you and even if you are hearing your words come stuttering out not making a whole lot of sense and oh my goodness trust me i do this every sunday did what i say just make sense trust the holy spirit Because not only does he work with my lips, but he'll work with your ears. You may walk away going, that was amazing, Shannon. I can't believe you said blah, blah, And I'm like, I don't think I said that, but I'm glad you heard that. So that's an excuse we might have. Oh, but I'm too shy. I don't have that problem personally, but I know some people do. The Holy Spirit of God isn't shy. He's he's not shy. Let the Lord speak through you with boldness. What if I make a mistake? Uh Uh-huh. What if I mix it all up? What if they end up running to the Buddhist temple? Uh, you know, the Holy Spirit does not make mistakes. And just like he can help you hear what you need to hear, he can also cover up the mistakes that I might say. And of all these, I think this last one is the one that I deal with the most, the one I struggle with the most. This is the one that gets me. I'm just afraid it's not going to work. I'm afraid it's not going to work. I'm afraid I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go for it. I'm going to be a powerful witness for Jesus. I'm going to tell the truth. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show warts and all. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have tears streaming. I'm, it's just going to be so, I'm going to put it all in there. And, and um, I'm afraid that after, after all is said and done, it's just not going to work. 
And when you think, when I think that the gospel of Jesus Christ and living out that powerful testimony won't work in someone's life, I just want to remind you of one thing. It worked for you. It worked for you. Might have taken a while. A whole lot of people. Maybe, maybe a, a combination of many people and prayers and of circumstances and events all came together, a culmination, and you finally said, yes. It worked for you. A couple weeks ago, we talked about Zacchaeus up in that tree. It worked for him. I am Zacchaeus. It worked for you. And if it worked for you, it can work for someone else. So as we move into a, a time together of Holy Communion, I want you to think about this, this reality. You are the plan that Jesus Christ put into place to tell the world his story. You are the plan. And he has empowered you by the Holy Spirit to be able to go out and, and, and not be fake, not, not be somebody that you're not, but to be you, empowered by him to share this truth, to share this hope. And it's, like I said, some people might call it the most foolish plan. And, and he would say it's actually very extraordinary. To take um, ordinary people. <laughs> we talked about this at our, our communion time last uh, in January. Um, for Jesus to take ordinary people and say, I have an extraordinary plan for you. For him to take ordinary, sinful people and say, I want you to tell the world about me. That's what Jesus did. He says, I want you to tell the world about me. That's what he does. Ordinary people. Old people, like your dad. And young people like you. Your dad's not that old, by the way. Ordinary people to share an extraordinary message. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for the opportunity to come now and receive the sacrament of Holy Communion. I pray, God, that we, are, we come today as people in need of you. We also come with the understanding that you desire to empower us with your Holy Spirit so that we can be witnesses in the world that we are your plan. Lord, thank you for the sacrifice made. Oh, those words false. <laughs> they are so inadequate. Thank you, Lord, for saving us and giving us promise and hope and new life. Lord, and with the opportunity we have to 
return our connection cards and our offerings. Father, we pray your blessing on those, that you multiply the gifts that we bring, and that you help us to walk alongside of one another in our needs, our prayers, our desires to grow closer to you. We pray all of these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Solomon's Porch Podcast. We hope you heard some good practical news in this episode that you can apply to your life. If you'd like, we'd love for you to review our podcast on iTunes and share it with your friends. You can also support our ministry by going to theporchvaldosta.com slash give. Until next time, stay classy, listening friends.